let's talk about the part you guys really want to hear about, and that's intuition. What is intuition? So intuition is neuroception and experience. Um, you may also include with that uh, a spiritual component. In addition to neuroception and experience, many people have a spiritual component that feels that is tied to their intuition. I'm one of those people. I'm a spiritual person. I bring that spiritual component into my intuition building. But even when we take that out, there's research that takes out the spiritual component and just talk speaks to the neuroception. Neuroception is your nervous system's ability to perceive the outside world that you don't have conscious awareness of, your subconscious awareness. So there's a, because we know that that, that ner uh, vagus nerve, <laughs> I'm talking too fast. The vagus nerve is a big nerve in our body that is like a sponge absorbing all the information from the outside world. And it also gets messages from the brain down to the vagus nerve to tell us what to do with our body. But we know that only 20% of the information is going from the brain to the nervous system. And 80% of the information is going from the nervous system to the brain. But our brain, our conscious mind really only takes in a fraction of the data in our conscious mind because we just can't pay attention. If you had to be consciously aware of every piece of data that's in the room that you're sitting in now, that's way too much data to just be consciously aware of at all times. But your neuroception is still picking all of that up. So when our neuroception and our past experience meet, there is an intuition there that can be really good at perceiving the future and the present. Um, this is often seeped again in our unconscious, which sounds so woo woo um, or so like maybe cultish or something. So, you know, be careful of groups and organizations that are trying to manipulate or control your subconscious. That's not, that's not what I'm talking about here, but it is something that you can gain access to. And I call this part, your inner sage. So if your inner survivor is the alarm bells, your inner sage is the quiet, calm part of you that is grounded and knows what to do next. Um, we can also, like I said before, bring in a higher power or as I like to call the great creator, we kind of acknowledge there's a universe or a world outside of us that exists beyond our control. And that maybe there is a great creator or a higher power that has more control than I do. And I can bring that energy or that into my mind, into my conscious mind and connect there for some solitude and peace and wisdom. And, um, the way we know we're in our inner sage with our, you know, whether that's like our inner sage with our higher power, or just, if you're like, I don't, I'm not into that, just your inner self, your higher self. Some people call it, there's a million different terms for this that have been described in psychotherapy and in indigenous cultures and in, um, different religions. And so whatever word works for you to describe this intuitive part, you're welcome to use. I don't think it's a bad thing to, I think it's actually a really beautiful thing to go into your um, family stories, your family of origin stories, your relationship stories, and um, tap into any 
anything that fits this possibility of this higher self. Or if for you, you're like, I have no interest in the religion of my childhood or the you know indigenous qualities of my ancestors. I'd prefer to just connect and call it my myself or my inner sage or whatever term you want to use. Use that word. But ultimately, there is a self that is um, grounded and calm um, and functioning that exists for you, that resilient part of you that you can access for answers. And that would be what we call your intuition. So why does it matter? There are so many moments of decision-making after a betrayal. So many moments of decision-making. Um, you know, of course, the big obvious, should I stay or should I go? But when you break those two into just millions of little moments of boundaries, of boundary setting, it's like boundaries are everywhere you go. Decisions, should I do this or should I do that? Do I want to do this or do I want to do that? Fear, and I should say your inner survivor is your friend. And if you live in your inner survivor, you're going to be exhausted and you're going to feel fuzzy a lot because um, it's kind of like, I don't know, I lived in a house where the fire alarm would go off all the time. You'd cook bacon and the fire alarm would go off. You'd cook something in the microwave and the fire alarm would go off. And you know that if you've ever had a home where that's happening, it's just, it's this constant, like, you can't even think straight. You can't really perceive everything you need to know. I'm grateful that I have a fire alarm and it does give me important information. In fact, one night uh, in this specific house, um, I, we woke up in the night and the fire alarm was going off and we thought, well, it always goes off, <laughs> but it's 3am. It's never gone off at 3am. So we go turn it off and at first we're like, oh, we're just going to go back to bed. We're just going to go back to bed. And we start to walk back to bed, but I stop and something inside, something quiet said, no, this is something real this time. And so I stopped and I actually used my sniffer because I have a good sniffer of a big sniffer. <laughs> and I, I sniffed and I said, I smell smoke. And so I followed the smell up into a small bedroom in the upstairs where a candle had been lit and it was up on a bookshelf and the wick had kind of collapsed because it had been going all night. And it was like putting flames up. The top of the ceiling was black and it was licking the ceiling. The ceiling wasn't on fire, but it was licking the ceiling. We went up there, blew out the candle and the problem was over. But there was a genuine threat and we're so grateful we had that fire alarm. And with this story, what I want you to hear is that when the fire alarm is going off all the time, which is often the case for betrayal, because you've been lied to constantly, you've been like, there's been a, thousands of moments to actually feel danger, to feel threat. You've been lied to, you've been gaslighted, you've been blamed, you've been told this is your fault and that you're crazy. And, and the betrayals are happening again and again and again and again and again, fire alarm, fire alarm, fire alarm. And they are for legitimate reasons, but they're often things you can't control or you're not sure what to do next. It's tempting then, or it can put you in a position to one, not really be able to hear that quiet part of you that need, that knows what you need to do next. And two, to start ignoring that fire alarm to the point where you're in a collapse. And you hear this a lot, like, you know, it's betrayal blindness. You hear a lot, um, well, both betrayal blindness and collapse, which are two different things. You hear a lot on the internet of people saying, just 
just in, just do it with them. Just just jump into the betrayal with them. You know, you can't beat them, join them. Every guy or every gal is like this. This is how people are. This is normal, except the way that you've been abused and betrayed and treated. No, <laughs> that is most often indicative of uh, overactive fire alarm that they've just turned off and that they're ignoring in their own lives. And in addition to that, you have people that are like screaming, ah, problem, problem, problem. And they, because they want to keep you safe, right? And this is where you kind of hear, you should just leave them. You should just, this, you, should, you should just, you should this. Other people's anxiety end up kind of projected because they care and there's a desire to help. And again, that's not a bad part of them either. It's good for us to have our inner survivor trying to keep us alive. And we have to be able to get to that quiet, confident part of ourselves in order to make some of these decisions. And when these two parts battle or or we feel we feel like one is louder than the other, we can get stuck. Um, and so the work that you can do is to understand your anxiety, if that's what you're experiencing. You might be experiencing other emotions for your inner survivor. It could be rage. It could be avoidance, which could be part of anxiety. It could be um, complete collapse. It could be a friend, you know, fawning and, and helping. It could be any host of these experiences as a response to the violence and abuse that's been done to you through betrayal. Um, but one part that you can do is start to just become observant of your anxiety. Maybe during this presentation, during this webinar, you've thought, oh, I can feel it right now. Okay. Sit with that. Notice that. Oh, that's there to help me stay safe. That's there to remind me of the hard things that have happened and to prevent me from getting hurt again. And see if you can sit with that for a little bit. If you can't, and you're like, no, <laughs> it is so big. My anxiety is so big. You may want to reach out to a support system, like from a therapist in your area, in your state or country that can help you. Um, and then also start to make moments, even if it's just small, tiny moments where you can connect with your inner sage, with your intuition, um, where you can work with that part as well. Um, that is kind of that you, that true you, um, I call it your spirit that you can connect in and you can ask questions and you can get answers. One, um, this is just one, but one assignment that I give all of my coaching clients when we do this work, um, is, is actually an assignment that I didn't develop. Um, and a, a woman by the name of Julia Cameron, who is a artist and a creator, um, has this assignment for her program and she calls it the morning pages and every morning. And I do this every morning, you wake up and you write for three pages, uh, every single morning, you don't look at your phone. You don't talk to your partner. You don't talk to your kids. You prioritize that you get up and you write for three pages. And this can be, it takes a while. It takes, I'd say probably three weeks of every day. And this is similar to meditation or mindfulness. It takes about three weeks to three months, depending on it, how you use it to where you start to be able to 
connect with and tap into your intuition um, and answers come. And as you strengthen using that tool, which is basically an ongoing tool throughout my coaching programs, when I work one-on-one or when I work um, with groups, when you use the morning pages every day, you will get a closer connection with your intuition. And then at night, you can ask questions, you put them out into the, you journal them, or you pray them, or you meditate them, and you put the questions out into the world. And then you wake up and you write and the answers find you there. Um, There are a lot of other ways to get in tune with your intuition that I do teach. And um, one of the main skill sets is neurointuitive boundaries. You may have heard me talk about this before, but being able to um, regulate your nervous system, become friends with your inner survivor, connect to your intuition, and then use that information to act and create, make decisions um, really is the key to healing and growing and living the life you want to live and feeling like yourself again after betrayal. So this question, what's the difference between anxiety and intuition? I see as the question, uh, it really is um, when I can sense the difference, when I can tap into that. Um, then when people say, trust my gut, I know what that means. I know how to do that. And sometimes, in fact, most times um, we need someone to help us learn these skills. And that's okay too, because we're very often not taught that by our parents or our um, caregivers. And so um, you may decide that you want to reach out and receive some, some help and support in that process. So that is that is that for you. That's the difference between anxiety and intuition. And of course, there's a lot more than I can give in just 30 minutes. If you're interested in learning more, please reach out to me um, or go on my website, kayleedunn.com, and you can get more information. Um, And thank you, thank you, thank you for coming here today and listening. (music) 